Hi, I'm Tom Griffith, and welcome to the Greater Formation and Power podcast. Here we'll discuss topics and practices that will help you deepen your intimacy with God the Father, exercise your authority in Jesus the Son, and move in the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to walk in God's truth and intimacy and power. We need all three strands working together in our lives because we believe that nothing else will actually do. Hi, everybody. I'm really glad that you tuned into this podcast today. I want to share with you some ideas about why your work or how your work really matters. You have probably had a number of different kinds of jobs in your life. Some of them you loved. Some of them were fun. Hopefully, you've had some good ones. Some of them were brutal. You know, as I've been thinking about this and talking to a few people about it this week, I thought of two really difficult jobs I had. One was when I was uh, a, just finishing high school. My father had left his uh, career in industrial sales and bought a small pool building company in Florida, the kind of pools, a gunite pool where you're uh, kind of cement, you're digging them into the ground. Well, I was working him with him for the summer or for him for the summer. And uh, my dad's name was Joe and everybody called me little Joe. And I was kind of on trial. I felt like I was in the fishbowl of pool building or pool digging. And the lowest guy on the totem pole for the summer, that meant that I had two possibilities of work. One was I would spend eight hours shoveling sand into a hopper that was about four and a half feet high. And as the day went on, that pile moved further and further away. So that I'm throwing sand sometimes up to 10 to 15 yards for hours. I would be praying that I would either pass out or that a storm would come, which happened a lot in South Florida. However, I never once passed out. I did get saved by a few storms, but that was one possibility of work there. The other one was you could trade off and walk on a from a truck to that hopper along a bouncing board, a bouncing uh, one by two by six or whatever that size board is, and you would be carrying a 90-pound bag of cement that you would then drop on the spinning auger in the hopper. It was kind of dangerous and very difficult because I only weighed about 100 pounds and the bag of cement weighed 90 pounds. So I had two options, shovel all day or wear myself out and get concrete into the cuts in my arms carrying the bags of cement. That summer was one of the worst in my life. Another job that was particularly difficult to me was uh, during a break from college, uh, Christmas break, I worked with for UPS uh, from 3.30 in the morning till 8.30 in the morning. <clears throat> and what I did was there would be packages coming down a conveyor belt. You'd grab the package, look at the address and zip code, place it into the right truck, under the right shelf in the right truck. <clears throat> when you're learning that, it is overwhelming. The first night, uh, boxes are coming down. I don't know what to do with them. I'm setting them. I got I've got uh, stacks of boxes that are uh, up to as high as I could reach. I looked at the end of my four and a half hour or five hour shift. I looked like a Lucille Ball show with uh, boxes uh, all over the place. I left 
utterly dejected. I left as a failure that night or morning. I went home uh, just feeling horrible. I didn't want to go back ever. I wanted to quit right then, but somehow I mustered up the energy and the strength to go back the next day. However, I was dreading it. I showed up and my supervisor said, welcome, you're a champion. Well, I felt like anything but a champion. And she said, 75% of the people don't come back for day two. Well, she didn't tell me that ahead of time. She didn't tell me that it was really a test of my fortitude. When I learned how to do the job well, it actually wasn't that difficult. But our work sometimes fits us. Our work shapes us. Our work deepens our conviction and our ability to persevere in life. But sometimes it fits better than other times. Let me direct you to some a scriptural view of work, and I think you're go- you'll find this to be pretty beneficial. In Genesis chapter 1, we get the, the creation story, and I want to read just a few verses there and unpack them for you in a way that will be beneficial. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Well, what I want to talk about first is the idea of the image of God. The image of God was not a unique concept to the Hebrews of that time. In the Near East, there were other communities that that spoke of the image of God. But in all of them, the image of God was relegated only to kings, that they acted on behalf of God. Still, even today in some cultures, the kings are considered representatives of God and sometimes even worshipped. But the unique thing then at the creation story in the Bible, and the unique thing now in the Christian and uh, Hebraic faith is that the image of God is actually resident in all human beings. That is a powerful understanding that the image of God is represented in all of humanity. All people are, in a sense, kings and queens. You're a king or a queen or a prince or princess under God's authority. And you are given, in this passage, people are given the responsibility to rule and reign and to, in a sense, partner with God. We see that the Apostle Paul picks up on that and calls us co-laborers with God. We see that in 1 Corinthians later on in the Bible. But you are called to rule and reign and, in a sense, partner with and represent God on the earth. He gives them two kind of functions in that passage. First is to increase. Well, increase in number, we think of that as having babies and populating the earth, and that's part of it. 
That's what the cursory reading says. But when you think about it more deeply, what we're actually doing is increasing the kingdom population of people and creating a culture. We're creating a kingdom of God, God leading culture of people who are going to actually not just increase on the earth, but also rule or reign to um, take to tame. In a sense, we're coming into creation as God came into creation. Remember, as in the early stages, even earlier stages of creation, the Holy Spirit brooded over or hovered over creation and separated light from darkness and uh, started to bring order. That's what we are to do. God, God places Adam and Adam and Eve into the Garden of Eden, and that we may picture it as uh, Eden, we picture as this perfect place that all that it's needed to take care of it is to manicure it. I'll talk about that in a moment. But actually, just like God in separating and putting things in order in creation, so Adam and Eve are to tame, to bring order, to bring harmony into creation also. So part of the image of God is to increase the kingdom population, the culture of God's rule, but also for us to rule, to bring things to order and to bring them into shape. We see in the second chapter of Genesis a a recount, or uh, in the first chapter we get a a 30,000-foot view of creation. In the second chapter is what's called a recapitulation. Now we're getting down to the details, literally down to the earth, of what's going on in that creation. And I want to read just one more verse. It's Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. In Genesis 2, 15, it says that God took the man, or Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to care for it. So we see, first of all, this general idea that where people are to increase the kingdom population and to rule or to tame and bring order. Then we see in the recapitulation of Genesis 2, what that means is that uh, Adam and Adam and Eve are to work in the land. First of all, work, it tells us that work is good. Remember when God was creating in the first chapter that after each day, when we get to day three, I believe, he starts to say, and it was good, and it was good. It's like God worked all day, came back, looked at his work, delighted in it and said, oh, this is good. Next day, worked a full day. Oh, this is good. When he got to create mankind, he even said, this is really good. This is awesome. Work is good. We are made to bring order. We are made to bring creativity. We are made to separate things, to bring harmony, to tame them. Work is a good thing. The same word, that is used to describe work in both Hebrew and Greek can also be tra- uh, translated serve or service. Work is a kind of service to God, a service to people, and actually a service, I believe, to creation, that we're to be taking care of creation. But we're serving God, we're serving people, and we're serving creation itself. So in that Genesis 2 15 passage, we get that work is good, but that Adam and Adam and Eve are also to care for the Garden of Eden. That means to watch over, to develop the potential of things, to rearrange. 
the caretaking there is really to, again, deepen that idea of culture or to cultivate a culture of kingdom, even in how the plants, how things function. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of people picture the Garden of Eden as this pristine, beautiful place where everything's manicured and all Adam and Eve are supposed to do is to trim things up and keep it really nice. But I think that what we have instead is an idea that Eden is a place that the king and queen are to live in and bring order to and bring creativity to and to increase the population, the kingdom population of, and actually to advance and create civilizations and cities. And the reason that I say that is when we get to the end of the book, when we get to Revelation, the last couple chapters, we see images of the garden, images of Eden. There's a river of life. There are tree, a tree of life. There's the idea of a garden, but it's also of a city. So, and this idea is a theological idea, but it's been renewed in my mind by a book, by a book called Garden City by John Mark Comer. It's been a very helpful book for me just recently to spur, get me all fired up again. But what I want to say is that what we're doing as a job in the Garden of Eden is to cultivate and to develop a kingdom culture. That's part of what work looks like. Tim Keller, he described work. He's a pastor, theologian, pastor in uh, New York City. He said work is rearranging the raw material of God's creation in such a way that it helps the world in general and people in particular to thrive and flourish. That's what Adam and Eve were to do. Create a culture that puts things in order, where there's harmony, where there's creativity, where we're using our mind, where we're redeeming things from the earth and making them even more creative and more useful as we see all the inventions. That's all part of the image of God and the work that we do that creates these this civilization under God's reign and rule. We want to make sure that we're doing it while we connect with God. Your work is an expression of the image of God. Work is good. You work the land. You care for the land. You cultivate a culture that has benevolence, that creates a flourishing for all those you work with. However, I want to uh, also give you one other image, and then I'll start to land the plane. The image is, imagine that you are coming up to a, uh, let's say, a coffee shop, and in the, it's, you know, from 7 in the morning till 9.30, there's a rush, and so the, the employees are just frantic because they're trying to get the orders, they're trying to get the right coffee together, there's people, there's a line, it's moving, and then there comes a dead time, and in the dead time, there's some people coming in, but it's pretty easy. After lunch comes another rush, and it's just a blitz. Well, there's adrenaline there. In a sense, it's fun to work at that moment, but it's kind of wearing. When you come to that coffee shop, when it's not the rush, and you make your order, sometimes those baristas might be kind of sluggish, and almost as if you are a bother. You can see that a lot at like a fast food restaurant, or sometimes even a department store. Well, why is that? That the attitude is often kind of slack. 
I think that it's partially because there's no difference to that employee, whether they work hard during the rush or they work easy during the other time. So all of us by nature have this kind of lazy streak in us. So if it doesn't really make any difference, well, I just as soon not work. So then work starts to be a hassle. However, what is it like for the one who owns that coffee shop or owns that uh, fast food franchise or who owns that department store? They like the rush. They want customers to come in. Why? Because it's a benefit. They receive the income from it. They are owners. The good news? You are a part owner. You're a partner with God in the kingdom of God. You need to own the place that you work. It, you are representing God, representing the culture of God, the ways of God, the purposes of God. And as you are there speaking truth, learning to speak the truth in love, encouraging people, helping them to flourish, you are also reaping the benefit in the kingdom of God as a partner, as a part owner. You are a kingdom partner priest on earth in your work. And when I say work, I don't just mean where you're paid. I mean really all of your roles, whether that is you're working as a parent or as a spouse, you're working in your neighborhood or in a volunteer organization, in the workplace, whatever that those roles are become little kingdoms in which you uh, exercise the authority, purposes, and flourish of God's kingdom and his purpose. So that's a, that, 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 you ought to put that in your pipe and smoke that whole thing for a little bit. And I got a couple questions for you to consider in relation to your work. First is, how well does your work and your workplace fit you? Are you working in a place that fits that fits you, that fits the nature of your strengths, your weaknesses, your heart passions, your abilities, your personality, your work kind of flow, whether that is you like to work with people or work alone. Does your workplace fit you? Have you thought about that very deeply? Well, as you know, this is part of what I do is I help people to get clear and get focused and find their place in life. But right now, as you're considering what you're doing, I simply want you to take some time to consider, does your workplace fit? Well, it might. And if so, awesome. Up your game and take the things that I've shared so that you move into a greater sense of kingdom power, kingdom culture, flourishing. Do what you can to do that. It could be that you're not sure. Well, it's time to start thinking about that. It's not coincidence that I started speaking about it. I'm speaking about it so that you can hear it, consider it, and allow God to move so that you more align your direction with what fits you so that you can better express the kingdom of God in that place. It could be that where you are doesn't fit at all. That's okay. No big rush but you're starting to realize who you are, who God's made you to be, what your sense of purpose is, what your sense of abilities are. Again, this is what I help people clarify. But as you start to do that, if it's not a good fit, now you have to consider and plan and pray into transition. 
You want to pay attention to how God would be opening transition into a place that fits better. It doesn't just happen by magic. It happens by you being aware and positioning yourself well. So the first question is, how well does your work fit you? The second one is, within your work, how's your work view? Does it seem inspired like what I was sharing today? How's your work attitude? How's your work effort? These are all things that are part of the image of God and the placement of God of where he has situated you. Very important. Take time to reflect on these things after you listen to this podcast. Um, And as you clarify it, step up into it. Become more responsible Receive more responsibility. If you look at Matthew chapter 25 is the parable of the talents or the bags of money. And we see that that's really about this stuff. That God has given you resource, different capacities, and he wants you to invest them. And in that, it multiplies. And if not, your life is a waste. I want to encourage you, don't let your life be a waste. God is good. He's placed you in a good place in life. He's given you resources. He wants you to invest them well. I hope you find this helpful. I hope that it touches some things in your life, in your soul, so that you are paying attention more clearly, feeling more inspired, and being more practical with your work. If On the other hand, if what it's done is lifted a sense of misfit, sense of frustration or whatever, or question about your focus, if that's the case and you want to get in touch with me, please do. This is my call in life, is to help people clarify in this way. Let me pray for you real quick, even right now. Father, thank you that your word has a high view of who we are in you, that we bear your image. Your, your word has a uh, clarifies that our work is good, it's valuable. We don't just work so that we can have a weekend. We don't just work so that we can have money and use it selfishly. No, the work itself has value. It's an expression of who we are. It's an expression of who you are. It is a vehicle through which we help other people flourish. And so I pray that mindset over the listeners. I pray, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to highlight For us to address, please bring it to the surface, even now. You are the God over creation. You have placed us where you have to increase kingdom culture and to subdue or bring order or bring flourishing where we are. I bless those who listen, freshen them up, strengthen them, give them clarity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for tuning in. I look forward to sharing with you more thoughts in the future. The next podcast is going to be an awesome interview. Uh, I can't wait to release that. So catch you soon. Bye-bye.